loving cricket, dreaming about a premiership cup. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. The ship house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. I forgot that I did the intro for this show. Um, it is fun. Uh, March the 9th? 10th. March the 10th. It is Wednesday, March the 10th. Is it Wednesday? Well, it doesn't matter when people, when people listen to this, it's sometime in March. It's not the day we record it. It is, yeah. But I mean, I normally actually timestamp the day we record it because okay. it, then it, it seems like our inaccuracies of the podcast- they are because of, you know, that we did not have the information that came to hand rather than the fact that we would have been inaccurate regardless of whether we had the information or not. Well, it's the 10th of March. <laughs> it is Wednesday, the 10th of March. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and we are the only AFL podcast not to have been badly injured in the preseason. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a fucking horror show. Like... I thought, oh, they've reduced the JLT to just like one round. That's a good idea. Don't want any players getting injured. Seems like the players were like, let's do three weeks worth of injuries in one round. It's So I was surprised the football was on. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. Like we got together to do a TOEFOP, our other podcast, because I've had the summer off. I'm like one of those uh, older players yeah, who doesn't to have to- go to America and <laughs> train on your own. Exactly. They trust Travis me. Travis poked it. They trust me to be keeping up with what's going on in the AFL so I can- I was so shocked that the season was about to start. And then before I knew it, the season had started. Like, well, at least the preseason, pre-season had yeah. started- I was like, oh, I didn't know that we were already playing footy, but we're almost about to be playing footy like full time. Yeah, you were panicked when you told me last week when you said, there's only like two weeks till the footy season starts. And there was <laughs> two months away. Yeah, no. I honestly did. It's like really surprised me. Did you watch any of the preseason games? No. And I saw that like the Bulldogs played really well against and under, uh, under, undermanned Melbourne. Well, you know what? It's preseason. Who knows what the, you know, like. It, all I saw was that, like, we had, like, five guys who got, like, 30-plus possessions. Yes, yeah, Bond had 32 possessions and kicked three goals. I mean, if it, if Marcus Bond and Bally could get 30 possessions plus every game of the year, I'd, I'd, I'll be pretty happy with whatever our season is. I could see him being – I don't know if it's he'd be the first ever, but I could see him being a midfielder who regularly averages over 25, 30 touches and kicks two goals a game. Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing is that Jackson McRae will also be getting 50 possessions in every match. Is he so, happy to be there? Oh, you know what the thing I love about Jackson McRae is that, like, there's just this element of who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like he is a- Good on you for making a stand. Yeah. But, sorry, your name? <laughs> who are you again? Like, he, in reality, That's on the stat sheet, he is one of the dominant- AFL players like he just gets the ball he's so reliable like mm. he like he is just such a good footballer and yet there is just a small part of me that feels like I'd be under pressure to pick him out of a lineup <laughs> <laughs> and he's the one who's got issues with the train training standards at the club the guy well maybe that's the issue is like no that's Josh Dunkley Josh Dunkley had issues with the training standards. oh right 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 but he got 32 touches and had 11 tackles or something. So, how's that first day of preseason for him, though? 
seems okay. Seems like things are okay. How would you take that? If, like, after the end of Two Guys, One Cup last season, mm-hmm. I'd come out and said, I'm looking for a new podcast. Right. Because <laughs> I'm not happy with the way uh, they prepare at Two Guys, One Cup. I think it's a bit of a... Uh, they've got, they got heads as big as boarding school puddings, you know? I, I want to go to a club where I feel like I'm going to get more opportunity. Oh, podcast, I'm going to get more opportunity. Well, you essentially have done that. You've spent, the entire, club. you've spent the entire <laughs> summer called it my club. auditioning other people for your club. And so you've had the opportunity to work with all these other people and see what this podcast would be like if you're talking to someone who actually knew the names of the players or that the season was actually on. Yeah. So how did it feel? Did you like it or not? It was actually uh, it was actually pretty good. And, yeah. and, and when I think about it, like you were very encouraging of it when you started listening to it. You gave me a few compliments. You plugged it online. So I think that... Maybe. Do you reckon that's what Marcus Bontepelli said to Josh when he got back to the club? He's like, mate, good stuff. Good I, stuff, I, mate. I like, like the initiative, going out there. I like and that someone more. else was interested. Yeah. It's modern day times. It's an open relationship. It's like, you know what? We're happy that you're here. And when we're here, we're going to love you and love you hard. But you know what? You just saw what else was out there. Everybody's got it. You know what? If you love something, like Josh Dunkley, set it free. And if it comes back to you, Charlie, then, you know, and if it never comes back, and however that expression I don't know goes, what yeah, let it go, <laughs> let it go, let it go. It's take overtaken by Frozen in popularity. Anyway, uh, interesting you should bring up my club because a couple of weeks ago, uh, Will Ralston, uh, 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 Marty Sheargold's producer, Will Ralston, was on talking about the Brisbane Lions. See, I didn't even mind that you did it with another Will. Right. That's how relaxed I am about our podcasting relationship. You're feeling very though. confident. I am. Maybe too confident. <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna, You're the kind of guy who's like, you know, his wife's off doing salsa classes like <laughs> five days a week. And you're like, that's good. She's getting out yeah. of the house. It's like, have you seen the instructor? Have you seen him? He knows he's, the coach's name is Chris Fagan. Yeah, but she also goes to yoga twice a day. <laughs> what I like to say is I like to be left alone. But Will, uh, in talking about the Brisbane Lions, uh, he's, and he's a very kind of earnest, excited, young Brisbane Lions fan, looking forward to seeing what this new team can do, uh, put the moz on him because he said the last two years we've been really lucky with injuries. Yeah. And then of all the injuries to come out of the preseason, that is the most upsetting, I think, it's the Camarena because it felt like he was about to have a Petrarca-type year, didn't it? Well, I think that was everybody's hope whether it was going to happen or not. He did show a lot of signs of improvement last season, I thought. But, you know, he's still – that's still a major step up, like, you know, to become one of the dominant players in the AFL. But, yes, as a footy fan, when I saw that it was him, I was disappointed because I like watching him play footy. What's your favourite um, preseason cliche? Because just when you're talking about Camarena and the move into the midfield, I've heard numerous times of the preseason he's got to build his tank. And I'm like, I like that. That's a preseason cliche. They've been building his tank. Yeah, I like the, somebody who's come back and transformed themselves in some way. Yeah. I'm, I'm always. It feels to me like one of those. Um, you know, uh, what's that show where they, um, you know, give them a basically plastic surgery makeover, and so like they do their extreme wardrobe, makeover? extreme makeover or something. If you, I love a player who comes back with an extreme makeover. Yeah, but in a footy sense, I'm not talking about your fashion or your haircut. I'm actually talking about somebody who's re- tried to remodel themselves as a. As a footballer. Time trials seem, there seem to be a lot of importance put on the 3K time trial because every season you hear about someone smashing their PB. Well, you know the current one that I'm fascinated by? Patrick Cripps has remodeled his body. Mm-hmm. He is probably the most uh, prominent example in the AFL. Got too light last season is what they've realized. Right. Was getting muscled out of contests, which is his like bread and butter. 
And so he had to get back on the bread and butter, build up some <laughs> yeah. bulk again. <laughs> that kid from the Gold Coast calls him up and says, yeah, we tried to raise that pasta. I know his name's Matt Rao, but we got a great um, email from uh, musician Bob Evans who listens yeah. to the show. And he sent me a photo from a cookbook he was reading that was a recipe for chorizo pasta. And he said, that kid from Gold Coast knows what he's talking about. And ever since then, I just think, he's that kid from the that Gold Coast? That kid from the Gold Coast. <laughs> you know, the, the blood nut. That kid from the Gold Coast. Oh, that's pretty exciting to think we get another year of Matt Rao. Because, look, every year we seem to jump on to come some kind of like in-joke. Last year it was the Kunf uh, pairing. I feel like Matt Rowell is primed for some like love from Two Guys, One Cup. Just keep doing interviews. There's some great stuff that's already come out. That photo of him uh, in his childhood bedroom where he's got like 52 footballs or something. I'm like, this kid is going to pay dividends for our show. I mean, it feels like when Charlie took over Willy Wonka's Chocolate yeah. Factory. Like, it feels like some kid who's always just been, like, peering with his eyes through, the like, the candy shop suddenly gets to run the whole candy factory. And, like, Matty Rouse up on the Gold Coast. Like, occasionally, Stewie Jewel paint himself orange, pretend he's an Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa, oompity-doo. I've got another trouble for you. What do you get when you put on your hoodie? A ball under arm, you should call it a footy. 52 of them will fill our room You know when the season starts It's soon Will doesn't know that In that same article, I believe I uh, mean, 52 it? footies, by the way Let's not just brush past I, it like, <laughs> like One for each one week. every week That's what I like to I don't think. know that it was exactly 52 But I just the photo was him sitting and There was like, enough that if you told someone There was one for every week You would not rule out that that was a possibility In that same article, there was a photo of him As a kid, like an under 12 with Chris Judd And I sent it to you <laughs> You said, what did, what did you say? That kid has looked 40. No, I said he, that kid has looked 40 years old his entire life. And you said he looks younger now. He looks younger now. <laughs> like it was odd. A little old man. Speaking of Oompa Loompas, you know how like that original Willy Wonka film, they just hired a bunch of non-English speaking like small people in, you know, the Ukraine or something and painted them orange and sent them out. That's what, Mal, that's what Matt Rao looks like. This strange Oompa Loompa man. Yes. He's like... He's, he's odd, Chucky. Well, he's like Superman in a way, and Oompa Loompa in another way. He's like Superman had an affair with an Oompa Loompa, <laughs> like, and they had a baby. It would look like Matt Rao, Oompa <laughs> Loompa, right? He would be. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I mean, I just think that this kid, this kid, this kid from the Gold Coast—that's yeah. what he is now. The Gold Coast kid. The Gold Coast kid is just Matt. Like- the Gold Coast kid, Rao. We're going to have so much to talk about. It's very similar to Ben Cunnington because Ben Cunnington, when he plays, is great to watch. We're going to have that to talk about and then we're going to have the fact that, you know, he eats weird things and has weird stuff in his room. Not weird. It's actually perfect for what you think of when you think Matt Rao. No, he had too many footies. There was too many footies. That is more footies than anybody ever needs. That's That, to me, is almost a little bit if obsessive. If someone told about- you that Wayne Gretzky grew up with, like, you know, a wardrobe filled with pucks and he had 20 sticks. That wouldn't surprise you, right? I guess not. Or Michael Jordan slept on his balls. <laughs> like Mr. Belvedere in that famous Adam Sandler story. Why his tongue was always out of his mouth. He just could not sleep. Could stop sleeping on his balls. 
now, we're going to do the traditional uh, yes. to you guys one cup uh, season preview where we give our predictions. Now, I was thinking about this. Should we just, to make it, rather than having to pick a ladder position, why don't we say, yeah. should we split the ladder into three? So we go top six, middle six, bottom six. Oh, did we try this last I time? I can't remember. Last time we had like 14 teams. <laughs> was, that was <laughs> a, I think this was a top six, middle six, but, bottom six, because that, we put too many teams in the top six. Yeah, well, it was, well, I just thought it was easy. That way we don't have to be too specific. Or is it more fun if we like, we have to, but no, then we have to keep track of it. Okay, let's before. just try our best to. All right, we'll just say where they think they're going to finish. And if someone wants to tabulate it yeah. and show us how many teams we have finishing first <laughs> at the end. Uh, the first club, Will, is uh, the Adelaide Football Club, alphabetically. Um, so, uh, we're going to do uh, who is the coach, who is the captain. Okay. So- we we're going to do who is the best and fairest. We're like, we'll never get that. So no, that, that might be a whole separate episode because yeah. I do like her who is the be- was the best and fairest in the previous season. Uh, but, yes, okay. Adelaide, captain, coach, and where they're going to finish. I'm going to start with where they're going to finish. Okay. They will finish 18th, and I am confident to lock that in as 18th. I believe they will be the worst-performed team in the competition. Um, uh, Their coach is Matthew Nix, and their captain is Rory Slade. Correct. I uh, don't have much hope for Adelaide this year. I don't know. Like, they showed enough signs that maybe they could scrounge together four wins. The question is who finishes. Is there a worse team than Adelaide? North Melbourne? I mean, possibly North Melbourne. That, that that would be the ones that I was tossing up in my head between the two of them. But I'm going to say Adelaide. I oh, think okay. Adelaide finish on the bottom of the ladder. I'm going to say North. And the people of Adelaide will take it well. <laughs> no, they always do. <laughs> yeah, they'll be absolutely cool with it and understand Front that it's Front page of the advertiser will not be hysterical. Necessary rebuild. Um, okay, I'm going to say they'll finish 17th then for the sake of argument. Next team, Will. Is the Brisbane? Well, can you guess? <laughs> Maybe we should see if you can guess the latter. <laughs> see the alphabetical order. Yeah, the Brisbane Lions. The Brisbane Lions. The coach is uh, Chris Fagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the captain is Dane Zorko. Ooh, off to a good start, and they will finish. You can say top four if you. If I would say top four, even uh, even without. Camarena? I guess he wasn't essential to their... No, and they got Joe Danaher. So, hmm. I, I think, yeah, top four. I mean, they've been thereabouts the last two seasons and I can't see them getting worse. So, I think thereabouts. You know, um, uh, that sometimes I'll talk about a forward line with two key forwards as like, you know, two, two-pronged mm. forward line. When you look at the heads of Eric Hipwood and Joe Danaher in the same forward line, it really is probably the most two-pronged <laughs> forward oh, line. It looks like a barbecue. I feel like that's skewer. going to be their great advantage. <laughs> is that people are going to feel like they've taken ayahuasca when they look down at the forward line and just try to focus on those heads. It's going to disorient the opposition. I'm going to say top two. Just based on if they can get both those heads on the field at the same time, I, I think it will create some sort of, you know, when you see like in an old school scientific lab, there's like sparks between yeah, two, two yeah, rods, electrical conductors. <laughs> Of yeah. some kind, I just feel like that sort of electricity is going to be sparking at the Gabba, you know, Saturday night at the Gabba, and then you just get those two <laughs> twin towers <laughs> just sparking, but lights up the entire arena. Um, and the great thing is, I think that you know, every team has a window, right? You have that mm-hmm. window where you're at that 
point. And I think for Brisbane, it's even more important because of, you know, Chris Fagan's age that they just do it do it before while he's still here to see it. Forget his age. Look at the state of his belt. I mean, that thing is that's held together with twine and sticky tape. It's about to split. His pants are going to fall down at a press conference any day now. Chris, that's not even a belt. You've just put gaffer tape on your tracky decks. Oh, jeez. Only premiership coach who will go up to grab the premiership cup and hold it above his head and instead he'll hold up his suitcase and it'll fall out. <laughs> Sawdust. It's, it's just like an old sandwich. Half a sandwich. Uh, all seriousness, I think Eric Hipwood, who we've all been waiting uh, yeah. for to come along, will benefit. If Joe Danaher can stay on the park, um, I think that maybe his role is, is like a second tall forward. Well, I think that what they will have is key forwards, which yeah. I think is what, you know, they probably need. Now, would they have been better with, like, Cam Rayner, you know, like being a, one of those damaging small forwards slash midfielders? Then, yes, absolutely, they would be. But every team will have injuries. And you don't feel like he is – like, if it was Harris Andrews or Lockie Neal. Yeah. That game changes. You'd just be like, you know, it suddenly there may be like a – still maybe make the eight, but – you know, not much more than that, I think, if it's one of those two. But Rayner, you only lost his potential. You haven't really lost his, you know, current impact in games, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like there is potential for Brisbane to be one of the teams that does drop down mm-hmm. this year, the way Collingwood did. But because on one hand, I think they've got the Gabba, which is a great advantage, and I think they play it well. But then they also have to travel. So... I'm going to just take a punt and say they finish outside the top. I'm going to say sixth. That's if they have to travel. We still don't know how this oh, yeah, season is going point. to unfold. Can I have an asterisk next yeah. to my prediction? <laughs> if we go back to Queensland, yeah. they'll win. They'll finish top of the ladder. Okay, but you say sixth. Sixth. And the headline in the uh, Brisbane Career Mail is blaming on the Rainer. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, all right, good. Okay, what did you pick? What did you say? Top I think four. they're going to finish in the top four. Uh, next team, alphabetically. Uh, is the uh, Byron Bay Bears, um, the Carlton Football Club. And the coach is all aboard the uh, something train. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Teague train, David Teague. David Teague and the captain. He is uh, not Mark Murphy anymore. It is Patrick Cripps. Patrick Cripps. Patrick Cripps. The, the new remodeled Patrick Cripps. The yes. as yet unsigned, I believe, Patrick Cripps. I'm going to upset a lot of Blues supporters here because there's a lot of talk about the Blues. This is their year, you know. They're the kind mm. of Brisbane Lions of three years ago. Yeah. I ain't saying it, I'm man. not feeling it. Either. Are you not, you're not no. either? No. They've, I'm amazed like how much groundswell that, that move has. I might be wrong, but I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like that they might challenge for the eight, but I don't, yes. th- I don't think that they're going to be the team that – like they Leap might be fox. thereabouts. You, n- you never know. Like, but if yeah. they can get their forward line sorted, because they're all injured at the moment. Yeah. That's the other thing. McKay's injured. Levi Casbolt's injured. Uh, Charlie Kerno, when was the last time he played a game? Right. So the, you've got a lot of great talent that if you could get it all on the field at the same time, yes, you could do a lot with. But Yeah. I have a friend who's a doctor, <laughs> who we always talk about in this show, but remains nameless, <laughs> yeah. who uh, is also a Carlton supporter. And we were talking about the latest injury or the setback to Charlie Kerno, And he was saying in his mind that the mismanagement at the start may be an issue. Like there's nothing's guaranteed, of course, but he just thinks that if you look at the kind of first five years – he may not. He just has one of those body types that he had to be really nursed through his first three or four years, and that maybe didn't happen. And so 
potentially he'll never get back to that form. Yeah, well, I think that's always the potential with those major injuries for young players. Especially that's why you don't wish young with players like that, like yeah. Aaron Norton, Max King, same thing. Like they at that age, they're just they're big, but they're bony. Yeah, I mean, Luke Darcy was a really great footballer, but I would have he he was one of those footballers that you thought if he hadn't had those knee injuries, like you he could have been a really like you know a legendary you know Hall of Famer, but you know he just never quite was able to recover. Was still a very good footballer, but was never able to. And yeah, I, you, you know hate to it, say it. You know what it is. Remember that sketch in the Twelfth Man where Bruce Reed comes yeah. into bowl? He broke it up. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I see those skinny tall forwards right. flying for a mug. He's yeah, going to snap break it up. He's going to snap him in half. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say eighth for the Blues. I'm going to say ninth for the Blues. The next club we're going to talk about uh, will be the Collingwood Football Club. I haven't heard much about Collingwood over the preseason. No, they've been very pretty quiet. Quiet, quiet preseason. Now, according to our rule, by of- the way, I was listening to um, uh, Robbo and uh, um, Michael Warner's uh, podcast, the Herald Sun Footy Podcast, and uh, I love Michael Warner. <laughs> he's got a very laconic way of delivering news, doesn't he? It's just you know he's always like a positive ray of sunshine yeah. about the AFL and the oh, great job that they're doing. Yeah, nah. <laughs> he's one of those people. He's like, he, he feels like some sort of Faustian or something. That might not be the right reference, but some sort of literary character where he has the best job in the entire world, but he's trapped Cursed in a I job that it. he hates. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's never has a man who has like the ultimate fantasy job. Like, you know, he's well respected in his job. Like, he does a good job at his job and he just hates <laughs> the very industry that employs him and everything about the game and the organisation of the game. Like, so, but I was listening to their podcast and he was uh, talking, he said that Eddie has a long list of people he's going to come back and square up with. Oh, and a shit list. Oh, mate. I... I hope that isn't true, like. But there's another part of me that fucking hopes that's true. I would love to see just Eddie go off the reservation and come back and start naming names. Right. So, is did he give an idea of what the medium would be? Uh, uh, is well, he just going to go door to door? I don't know. I, that even better. Yeah. Have you have you heard Eddie's going door to door, just spilling fucking secrets? Because <laughs> there is no one in this country who has more Fuck. secrets than Who's that, that man. Eddie McGuire. Yeah. At the door again. Just, have I told you about the Sydney Swans? He's <laughs> just whispering stuff through yeah. your letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Collingwood Football Club. Uh, what I was going to ask you is, okay, so they had a horror, horror, horror um, off-season. Yeah. Um, Nathan Buckley, I think, you know, people were asking, where's Nathan Buckley? I thought mm. him, when he finally did front up, was actually pretty good. Yes. He's quite honest. He needed to because he'd been conspicuously quiet. Missing in action. Um, their backs are so far against the so wall. So far against the wall. Will they win the flag? <laughs> I mean, it could go one of two ways. Which is, we feel like they are at rock bottom right now, but they still have a season of rock bottom in front because right. we just haven't seen the ramifications of, you know, if Ed does come back, like if more stuff comes out, if like, you know, this story doesn't feel like it's sufficiently wrapped yet to me. I feel like there's still some shit to go. And I just don't think they are going to perform on the field. Mm. And I think that the 
worse they perform on the field, the more it becomes about is Buckley going to get a contract again? And then like, you know, what's the club look like without Eddie? Have they reconciled with their past? Like people start having conversations around, well, you know what? We were actually doing a lot better before any of this. So, like, And then suddenly it's a club divided between the sort of loyalists who yeah. think this is all political correctness gone mad and the people who realise that there has to be substantive change at the club. And then your supporters are fighting each other. So, no, I feel like- This is great. This is a series, isn't it? Amazon Prime series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Jam Media, Eddie's company, is going to film the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's found a way to turn a buck out of it. But, no, I think that- the, the pressure on Nathan, like Nathan can't get anything wrong now. Mm. Like, and I just think on the field- I love how you call him things. Nathan, not Bucks. Yeah. Now he's Nathan. Nathan, I've got an important thing to tell you. I've made a list of top five lists <laughs> of the <laughs> problems you, could lose you have job. this season. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he would if he, for whatever reason, did walk or lost his job, he'd get snapped up. He'd be fine, don't you reckon? I don't I, think anyone- Absolutely, he would be fine. But would he be fine with that being the way no. that it ended at Collingwood? No, absolutely no. not. It would be not nowhere near as extreme, but it would be similar to how James Heard left Essendon, like yeah. in terms of a favourite son coming back, you know, his- Laser focus being the thing that, you know, blinded him from, you know, what was really going on or his loyalty to the club or whatever it was. Oh, well, regardless of what you think of Eddie, the thing that would be killing Eddie at the moment was that he didn't get this year to, um, you know, maybe do some substantive work and rebuild some of the goodwill and the trust and stuff. Like, it really is you going out in disgrace. Like, at other stages, people will reflect on his good, bad and indifferent things he's done. But, like, it is a disgrace when he went. Bucks at the moment is on the precipice. He was quiet for too long. Mm. He was there both as a player and a coach for this entire period. If you're talking about personal responsibility for shit that's gone down, you're literally talking about a guy who was captain of the club and coach of the club when all these things, these systematic things were happening. So you can't tell me, despite the fact that he's like seems like an educated guy and he seems like he's a really good coach, that... I mean, there's shit on the line still. Like, mm. I don't think it's as simple as, yes, you'd snap him up. No. I mean, Michael Voss hasn't got another senior coaching job and the circumstances in which he left are not like this or not like no. what happened to James Hurd. But I think there's a bit of difference in that Michael Voss hadn't done the apprenticeship. Michael Voss is now doing his apprenticeship. So I think people would be more inclined to take Michael Voss now, but not definitely not- But he hasn't got one. Like, he's, he's, well, his he's hand's gone up jobs. for a couple since then and- yeah, he, he hasn't gotten them. I, I, so. I, I am confident that he'll get another shot to coach. He's Wait, too much okay. of a leader. Oh, well, tell me this then. Like, if Nathan Buckley- He'll go back to Brisbane. <laughs> Chris Fagan's well, pants. Ross Lyon's not coaching again, and you would have said the same thing about Ross Lyon. He still may again, but I kind of feel mm, like the he's more- He's in the Rodney Egg I feel like now. the more that he does- Yeah, he'd have to come in in a- He'd babysit a team or caretaker. Yeah. yeah. So maybe even Bucks does that sort of role. I don't know. Does he go in- Which club- if he was not at Collingwood at the end of next season and he was going to be at another club, which club would he be most likely to be at? I mean, prior to you know the appointment, I would say North Melbourne would be perfect for Bucks. I reckon he would go in there and he'd be great. I think that's a really good match. I think his values and that club, the culture of that club, the Shinboners align pretty well. No nonsense kind of coach, no nonsense kind of club. But they're not going to move on um, Noble? <laughs> well, have I just given away one of our clues? That's who I would have guessed, okay, by good. the way. So I think it's him. Well, could he do full circle? Could it be a transition at Brisbane? 
Oh, that'd be amazing. Chris Fagan, like, could step aside. Like, you Only know. if Chris Fagan, if it's a knife in the back, I will write in the streets. No, no. Anyone no. does anything to hurt Chris Fagan. No, but I'm talking about maybe Chris steps back yeah. even into, like, that senior role. Yeah. And, and they can't find your- his glasses. <laughs> <It's a> Nathan- <laughs> he spends a year looking for his glasses. <laughs> and so they have to appoint a caretaker and Nathan Buckley comes back to the fold. Yeah. So, yeah, like- <laughs> Fagan, half time looking for his glasses, half of the time being kind of like a senior consultant. Buckley's your game day, and that's the full, <laughs> that's the full journey of Buckley, like going from Brisbane and being like kind of you know Brisbane losing so much. He comes back, he coaches Brisbane to a I think that to would, a premiership. I think that'd be beautiful, but I, I mean, I, I don't know if Brisbane gets away fans, from the bubble, gets away from the Melbourne bubble. Do Brisbane fans have any affection for Bucks? Because I always kind of felt like when he went there, he was waiting to leave. It's well, that's like, what I mean. He could come back and repay the... the it's like when LeBron went back to Cleveland, right? Mm. Like the entire city was devastated when he left like to go and chase the rings, but he came back and won them a ring. I reckon if Buckley went back and won Brisbane a premiership, they'd be pretty happy with it. Okay, so he's the coach. Who's the captain? At... Uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. Uh, oh, no, well, it's still um, uh, Pendlebury, isn't it? Scott Pendlebury. Do you yeah. know he has a basketball background? Does he have a mime background? Because he was also conspicuously quiet around <laughs> the stuff that was happening, was he? Well, some pl- co- players go to the US in the summer. Yeah. He went to France oh, yeah. to learn under Marcel Marceau. <laughs> he, went to, he did a lot of clowning, apparently. You know, he's got a clowning background. Uh, who's next, Will? Uh, d- Dandenong... Stingrays. Stingrays, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Dunedin Saints. No, um, is there any D teams in the AFL? I can tell you. Oh, this will take a long time <laughs> if you're not going to give me any clues. Is there any D teams? There's the Demons, but they're going to come under Melbourne. So, um, Well, just if you can't find a D, then move to the next letter. Okay. Because that way. Hey, yeah. The um, uh, England. <laughs> My God. Bulldog. I know you had some time away from football. <laughs> I'm just this. My brain isn't good at Essendon. Yes, Essendon. Correct. Okay, they are the next. Yeah, Essendon. Bombers. I think we need to introduce a concussion <laughs> test to this podcast. I'm worried. No, because the concussion test they actually compare you to your own test. So if I can't pass it in the first place, <laughs> okay. The coach <sighs> of the Bombers is. Uh, oh yeah, old mate. Um, uh, uh, truck. The truck. That's him. Optimus Prime. <laughs> Mr. Prime. Uh, Matt, Matthew Primus. Prime. <laughs> Matthew Optimus Primus. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that Matthew Primus's dad was Optimus Primus. <laughs> That's why he was so tall. <laughs> Um, but ironically, couldn't transform himself into a coach. Anyway, I've been here all week. Thank you very much. Uh, it's kind of an old-fashioned term for uh, for having sex. You might say people were doing this in a shed. Um, rooting. Close. Gary Root. <laughs> Close. Rutting. Ben Rutten. Ben no, Rutten. Ben yeah, Rutten. Ben Rutten. And the captain is... Dyson Heppel still? Correct. Oh. Uh, okay, Bombers. Now, uh, I think when you hear this episode, uh, uh, the last episode of my club, I had Charlie Pickering on, who is a fantastic guest. I think I asked like four questions for the entire episode. Charlie just ran with a ball. Um, we talked a lot about where Essendon had been in the last. I was really interested to know, like, as a fan who was so used to kind of success and now they just seem to be in the wilderness, where do you see them? We talked a lot about the players that have chosen to leave and, 
Ahmed Saad chose to leave because he seems just like he's a football professional. He went there for success. It's not happening. He moves on. Then you've got someone like Danaher who seemed to love the game. You know, maybe he's not uh, as, as professional as Saad, but he also wants to leave the club. So you've got two times of football there. The ult- ultimate professional and the guy just loves to kick a footy and neither of them want to be there. What does that say about your club? I mean, I don't think it says a lot of good things. No. It doesn't feel like it says a lot of good things. I mean, I don't really want to... What are they left with? If you lose those two kind of players, what do you got? The I mean, GOPs. I still feel like they've got a lot of good players, hasn't it? It felt like three years ago we were like, wow, you know, Doritos. Become the Bombers. Doritos is a genius, is drafted so well, is traded so well, and then, no. Nah. No. I mean, but, you know, I guess if, like, McDonald, Tip and Woody plays well, and if- He's not a game changer. I think he's a game changer. He's not a team game changer. And no, he's not, Yes. Um, I mean, I think Stringer could play well. He was playing well for a bit, you know. Mm. Um, I, what's Heppel got left in him? I don't know. How old? If you had to guess how old Dyson Apple is, what would you say? I would say somewhere between 31 and 90. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in... He's 28. Oh, my God. <laughs> no way is he 28. He's 28. He's born in 92. No, that, that's got to be a typo. There is no way that Dyson Heppel no, is born? 28 years old. That can't be right. He's nearly dead. No, I that's not right. Line- they say he's born in 19... No, that's right. He's 28 years old. He turns 29 this year. You said Dyson yeah. Heppel turns 29 this year. Yeah. No fucking way. But you said 30. No, I said 90. 32 to 90. <laughs> like, I thought he was a minimum of, like, 32 or something. I, I saw him lining dreads. up for a COVID vaccine, claiming that he was an elderly citizen. Uh, it's hard to know where to put the bombers. So the truck gets the keys, wink, for the first yep. time properly. Um, and then, I don't know, like they just they just were so inconsistent last year. I'm going to say they finish 12th. Yeah, that feels about right to me too, 12th. Uh, who's next, Will? Uh, Footscray. Yeah. Footscray Football Club. What did you think about Bob Murphy's uh, push to have the Bulldogs go back to Footscray? I noticed your mate Armit um, Baines, uh, Baines uh, quickly shut that down. As being, oh, did he? I didn't yeah. see that. Um, so millions of dollars worth of sponsorship, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, I like. I I'd, I'd be very happy for us to be Footscray. I'm not one of those people who lives or dies on it, but. If if we went back back to being Footscray, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I think it actually is kind of hipper. Like I feels a bit more like yeah these days that those big bland sporting corporate, corporate names. Post, yeah, yeah, they actually don't sound as good as the old school ones. And like Richmond, it doesn't hurt Richmond much. No, and it's funny too. Like <laughs> like because since you went became the Western Bulldogs, you lost yeah. the nickname the Scrays, right? Which I think is kind of cool. Like it'd be great if you got if you the, the Scrays were back. You know, like how in wrestling, a wrestler will change kind of personas, but then you know after fifteen years they might bring back the old persona. Like you know, yeah. when Hulk Hogan went back to the kind of yellow and red. Yeah, the Scraggers, the Scraggers. spirit of the Scraggers. Yeah, I bring it back for one game, Heritage Round. Well, they probably do. Footsc- they don't go back to Footscray though. I mean, we still have the Footscray Football Club uh, on the on the jumper. Oh, that's right. But um, yeah, I'd be very. Yeah, yeah. I'd very. Yeah, I say, always doesn't it say FFC. Yeah, f- yeah, but that's not Footscray. What What do you think it stands for then? 
Yeah, I know, but it's not like having, doesn't have the word foot spray. Oh, yes. It has the correct Franco Cotso <laughs> pronunciation, foot spray in full. No, yes, it has FFC, yes. Did you, what, you thought that stood for fuck, fuck, cunt? <laughs> <laughs> Just us getting in other clubs' kitchens. <laughs> That's what Josh Dunkley was uh, <laughs> saying at training about his teammates. Um, okay, who is the... No, it's not. It's not Footscray. Who? What team? We uh, do we have any F teams? Of course the, we do. The AFL. One of our favourites. Uh, Fremantle. Fremantle. The, the coach. Fremantle Dockers. Uh, the coach is ah oh, uh, uh, John. No, Justin Longmuir. Correct. And the captain. I mean, I mean, the I man who needs no introduction. Yeah, exactly. The, well, I assume it's still Nat Fife. It, it would be a controversial summer that if Nat Fife had abdicated his throne at Fremantle. I think I would have heard about it. I don't think, yeah. Nat, Nat Fife uh, over the summer uh, has got a new haircut. He's been very active on the social media. Has he? And he does, hasn't disappointed for an extroverted introvert or an extro- introverted extrovert, whatever the, the combo is. He's very extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of cool to uh, like, you know, some people are just cool, but they're, you know, extroverted people, but they're just, that's what he is. He's a cool guy who's extroverted. He doesn't need to claim to be introverted. He's just cool. I mean, I guess that's the point. You can't say I'm cool. You have to say you're introverted. Yeah. It's more it's enigmatic. A, it's a classic extroverted guy thing to say, <laughs> is that I'm introverted. Only the best extroverted people know that you're meant to pretend that you're introverted. Uh, I'm excited to see Freo this year. Uh, I think they did some good stuff last year, and I'm learning that they have more than two players. There's Sonny Williams. There's Nat Fife. There's a Brayshaw. There's uh, Brendan Cox. Um, Brandon Cox. Brendan. Does Matera still play for them? <laughs> I don't know. A little cheese man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little cheese man. No, I mean, uh, you know, oh, Valentine. Mate, you know, little cheese man. I was going to say he died, but he didn't die. He the cheese man died. The cheese went off. Uh, Valentine's cheese. Uh, yeah. He he retired. So who else? Let me have a look at the list. Oh, yeah. There's Caleb Sarong, Griffin mm. Logue. Uh, Lucky Schultz, heard of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... Re- Blake Akers used to play for the Saints. Yep. James Aish, who used to play for Collingwood. Um, and Rory Lobb, who injured himself, is out for the first six weeks, who is my pick to be the new Jesse White. Yes, in that he'll... Tease. That I'm also surprised that he's still playing <laughs> in the AFL. Um, where do you see Frio finishing? I, I think they'll, they'll put up a good fight. I reckon they're in a rebuild still. <coughs> Let's put it this way. They'll finish higher than... Mm, equal to Essendon. So I'm going to say 13th, 12th or 13th. Yeah, I'm a bit with you. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say 11th. Mm. Mm. Next club. Uh, okay, so we did Fremantle, Geelong. The greatest team of all. Uh, does the grand final loss last year leave any mental scars? Yeah, I guess. You know what lingers in my mind is that last goal that Dusty kicked where he literally shoved dangerous side like he was made of wet cardboard i think that's kind of the equivalent of revolt getting run down in the goal square like i think we all know he's a great player but that to me is going to eat away at my image of geelong being some kind of powerhouse i might be brushed him aside like he wasn't there i might be wrong about this because i have not been looking but 
normally even when I'm not looking, I'm hearing a bunch from Patrick Dangerfield. You know, he's one of those people who's just out and about in the media. You know, he's got- He's an extroverted extrovert. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd be the sort of person who pretends he's an introvert. I think he's an out on Main Street extrovert. Like he has a great deal of confidence. He speaks very well about the game. He's in a leadership position in the players um, union. You know, like he is- he is a spokesperson for the game. I don't feel like I've heard a lot from him over the last. I haven't heard a lot from Geelong. They've been yeah. for a club that got in like three guns. They got uh, well, you know, Twinkly. Uh, what's the guy from Hawthorne? You know, the wingman um, Isaac Smith. Uh, yeah, Isaac Smith looks like one of the three Musketeers. He does. Uh, then they get Jeremy Cameron and they get um, Sean Higgins. Yeah. Like three pretty big ins, but that is definitely a topping up, loading up. We've still got it in the tank. And I don't know that they do. I think they'll play finals, but I don't know that they are necessarily top four. They're such a good team and they're so well drilled. Well, apart from Ablett, why are they not- Mental scars. In the same way that, look, they didn't get thrashed like uh, GWS They were going to win it at halftime. Did you believe that? I believed it before that. Dusty but you kick. picked Geelong at the start of the year. You yeah. were very. You were a Geelong. And I'm booster. tempted to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I might be wrong because they. I think I have a personal gripe against Geelong for reasons that have been explored a lot in uh, our summer series, my club. But um, yeah, I don't know. They for me, I felt like they gave it their best shot. I don't know that the three ins have got who are good players, but they're all you know. Sean Higgins is old. Isaac Smith is old. Jeremy Cameron, yeah, he's good. But I don't know that that's like the extra 10% or 20% they needed to beat Richmond. Let's put it this way. They're not beating Richmond. I think they could beat Richmond. And I understand everything that you're saying, that that might be the case. I just feel like they've handled it well. Like there hasn't been major recriminations. No, No, they went about their business. They recruited really well. They've lost O'Brien and Ablett. That's really what you've lost, right? The rest of them are still pretty good players, you would think. Joel Selwood's still there. Yeah. Important. And he looked good at the end of last year. Like, you know, you actually, when he came to finals again, you were like, oh, it's good to have Joel Selwood here. You don't need him to be. They've got enough of the the, the Guthries and Menegola and all those sort of guys that can do the- Guthrie and Menegola also sounds like you're talking about like a flower show. (laughs) It's like the Guthries over here. You got the Guthries over here. They're quite wild growing. (laughs) You can get them in big bushes, the Menangola. Uh, yeah, it does look similar to a lot of other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think they've got a good enough team. And I think that Higgins, if you like, if you get good value games out of him, you'll get as much value as they got out of Ablett last year. Cameron, that's your Hawkins succession plan. And if those two can play well together, then that's a dominant forward line still. Yeah. And then. Um, it takes a year to gel, though. I don't reckon. Even Tom Lynch took a year to gel at Richmond. I don't know, especially with it's. I mean, it's been Tom Hawkins's forward line for ten years. Now another bloody big bloody studs into the paddock. I reckon. I mean, look, maybe they'll click straight away. But yeah, I but I don't think Hawkins is that sort of player. The way that he plays is not like he is Their a game plan is built around him. Yeah, though. but he's Isolate. a facilitator. Hawkins Island will. Yeah, but he's a facilitator of other people's. Scoring options. (laughs) And dreams. (laughs) He owns Fantasy Island. You fly out there. Matt Rowell goes out there, wakes up in a bed of 72 footballs. (laughs) You fly out. They show you Mogs Creek. (laughs) You go down and get some uh, fruit and veg from uh, Frank Costa. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think they're going to be good again. This might be, it might get messy after this year. 
Okay. But I think that this year they're still they're, might, they're top four. I might have bought into the narrative that last year was their last ride year, but maybe this is the last ride year. I think they've got one more left in them. Yeah. I mean, they're going to fall off at some stage, but I don't think it's yet. Here's an easy one. Coach and captain. Uh, Joel Selwood is the captain and the coach is Chris Scott. Correct. Next team, alphabetically. <sighs> okay. So, um, Geelong, Hawthorne. GWS, Greater Western Sydney. Uh, is there another G too? I mean, you'll you'll bloody you'll bloody kick yourself. I mean, it's no surprise you've forgotten who they are because the entire competition has forgotten who they are. Uh, the Gold Coast, Suns. Gold Coast, of course. Suns. And the coach is um, Matt Rowe. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's Matt Rowe. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's a hundred footies per player. You got to sleep on it. Uh, the coach is Stewie Jew, and the captain is is uh, easy to forget. The Ruckman, yep. Um, you might say he's quick uh, and dead. <laughs> uh, you might say he's a bit of a fuck wit. Oh yeah, Jared, Jared Wit. Jared Wit. No uh, uh, wits. Wits. Jared uh, Wits. Uh, what does Jared Wits look like? He's tall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to see the Gold Coast. It felt like they had a bit of momentum last year. And I think that whatever the dregs of that initial a, a bad period was, I feel like they've moved it out. I, I don't I hate bringing up Will Rolston. The guy's really stuck in my mind. But he was sort of talking oh, about- You keep talking about this little Will in front of me. <laughs> he was saying he's a fan of Queensland football being a yes. Queenslander himself. And he said he has no bitterness towards the Suns. And he said, if you look at the Gold Coast list now, it reminds him- of the list the Bears assembled right before they merged with the Lions. Because he was saying, like, if the Bears had been allowed to continue on, they might have won flags anyway, even without Fitzroy, because they'd got a bunch of great young kids. And that, I reckon, is the Gold Coast. I reckon the Matt Rowell is everything, right? From a marketing point of view, from, like, an on-field perspective. Um, but he's also... Imagine, his if you were, football. imagine if you were, like, the reigning Brownlow medalist... <laughs> And, like, you know, you think in Brisbane, like, you'd be, like, the king of football and everybody's like, that's great, Lockie. Have you seen that kid who looks like he's 80 years old? Have you seen that dude with – how many footballs have you got, Lockie? (laughs) That dude looks 80 years old who looked 100 years old when he was eight years younger. Uh, I mean, look, there's such an unknown – I mean, literally, I'm looking at this list. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Brandon Ellis there and uh, uh, um, there's that other kid, um, Anderson, uh, little the kid from the Gold Coast's mate. So they've got some good players yeah, there, but I have no idea. I mean, again, I sort of put them in that. Do you think they're better than Fremantle? Yes. Okay, so let's put them at – I'm going to give them a fucking big, uh, big rev up. I'm going to say 10th. I think that's about right. Really? I, I feel like they had a lot of, you know. You know there's a Reese Nichols who plays for the Gold Coast? Uh, yeah. Well, Reese Nicholson is his son. Wait, who's the comedian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Reese Nicholson? Fuck, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I don't watch much comedy. Yeah, but Clearly. also my joke was that Reese Nicholson was his son. No, I got it. I yeah. was just fixated on the surname's not being the same. Like, oh, you fucking idiot, Charlie. Uh, uh, okay, so here's what I think. that they, they were in a bunch of games and then lost. I always think that's the season before you start to, yeah. Yeah, if you learn how to win. Don't disgrace yourself. Yeah. 
And so they did that. And so I think, yeah, I, I could see them being in the mix for finals, but probably not making the finals. I don't know if we've talked about this last year when we fell in love with that kid from the Gold Coast. Mm. But um, if you are like a senior player, like a Jared Witts mm. or, you know, Brandon Ellis, you've come in from another club, you're a senior player, and you've got this kid who is yep. just fucking dynamite, yeah. and the coach tells you whatever that little weirdo <laughs> Says to do. You know what? You what your you favorite food is Brandon Ellis. <laughs> yeah. You can take your premierships, but you all you eat now is chorizo pasta and vodka. But, but do you think you would be like, well, fuck, like I've just got to acknowledge like how good this kid could be. So yeah, or you're like, fuck that. That kid's got to earn his stripes like everyone else. Oh, I think that it, that would not be an issue because I think the most important person. Uh, who would think they needed to earn their stripes is Matt Rao. Yeah. Because Matt Rao doesn't want special treatment. No. Matt Rao wants to do everything the way that everybody does it. In fact, I imagine that Matt Rao has spent part of his summer learning other roles at the club. Do you think Matt Rao, how many nights do you think he spent over at the gym? Like, he's like, I want to get there early, don't want to waste any time. He lives there. <laughs> I don't think he actually has his own place. I believe that that is the only special treatments he gets, that he's actually allowed to sleep in the roof above the gym. Okay, next team, alphabetically speaking. Uh, okay, so I expect Greater Western Sydney. Greater Western Sydney, the coach, one of your favourite former players. Uh, Leon Cameron. Yeah, and the captain, who I, I didn't realise, but of course. Uh, well, is it still Stephen Canilio? Yeah, it is Stephen Canilio. I For some reason, I thought that it was um, um, Ward still, Callum Ward, but no. Uh, I'm worried for the Giants. I think they have a lot of talent, but I sort of feel like they had to win one in the last three years to kind of just stabilize and get everyone off their back because as this list gets older, I just, I'm not saying they won't play finals. I just don't know that they're going to win a flag and it concerns me because I feel they're in a precarious position because I want them to be successful. And I, I love going to Giant Stadium. I think their fans are great. But I just think, you know, it's hard for an expansion club, especially one that's been built from scratch. But where you live now... You're much more likely to go and see the Gold Coast play. So really, we just need to get full of like. I mean, this has been a good time for us to move closer to the Gold Coast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I am willing, based on Matt Rowe, to take back some of my former comments about the Gold Coast <laughs> because I might need to go to some Gold Coast games to see him play in person. But yeah, I fear for GWS as well. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they probably will still have the talent to make the eight, but I see them finishing seventh or eighth and losing their first final. I had um, Shane Delia on my other podcast, uh, my club, and uh, <laughs> we talked about the GWS Bulldogs rivalry, and it sparked a bit of a discussion on Twitter, where um, uh, this one GWS supporter said, "Look, yeah, the rivalry is fierce and stuff, but you know, I, I just, you know, got so much respect between the teams. I just hope that you know we can sit down one day and share a beer." And so I retweeted it to Alex Williams, who was like, "Hard pass, <laughs> get fucked." And I'm like, "I love your passion, Alex." <laughs> Absolutely would not have a friendly beer with Shane Delia because he fucking hates the Bulldogs that much. Hard pass. pass. <laughs> um, so I reckon they could play finals and potentially, you know, I could see them winning a final. Yeah. I'm going to say fifth. Right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say eighth. Okay. Um, the Hawthorne Football Club. Did I say fifth? I reckon that's too generous. Because they didn't even make the eight last year. Yeah, that's too generous. I'm going to take that back. I'm sorry, GWS. I'm going to say you finish eighth like Will. Maybe they don't. Actually, they don't. Maybe they don't even make the eight. I've already said ninth and tenth. 
I, we haven't 11th. said 11th. I think right. I've said 11th. I haven't said 11th. I'm going to put them in there. I've said 11th. I think I've said, maybe, have I, maybe, I'm not really keeping, I'm going to say 10th. They finish out of the eight again. Uh, who's next? Uh, Hawthorne. Yes. Uh, the Hawthorne Football Club, whose coach is Elster Clarkson. Brand and, new captain. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you. Oh, that's right. Yes, because there was talk that it might be O'Meara and there was talk that it might be um, old mate, centre-half back, uh, what's his name? The guy who loves to punch people. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Sicily. <laughs> Sicily, James Sicily. Uh, but I remember reading that it went to somebody unlikely, like yeah. an older, like, is it Dave? No, does David Hale still play? It's someone like that. No, it's uh, <laughs> retired. I'm pretty sure like six <laughs> years ago. No, but it is like, um, what's their recommend? Ben, no, is it? What's his name? He's like, he's a it's big ra- boy, Will. Mac- big boy, Ben McAvoy. Ben McAvoy yes. is the new captain. Uh, correct. The big boy. Uh, Who's a big boy now? You are Ben McAvoy. You're the captain. Get a good appointment. He did an interview recently with Damien Barrett on his podcast, and he is the epitome of like humble captain. Right. Reiterated many times that it's a team sport. He's uh, got no room for mm-hmm. ego. Very self-deprecating when he was asked to name what his skills are. He said he's not particularly mm-hmm. big, can't jump particularly high, not particularly strong. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it is easy for Ben McAvoy to be self-deprecating. Like it would be harder for Matt He looks Rowell a bit like Big Bird. To be. <laughs> his haircut has not changed in his entire career. He looks a bit like Big Bird. I do enjoy that the big boys got the the gong, even if it's probably for a limited period of time. I, I think that's a. When I saw that, I was I was like, oh, interesting. John O'Patton. Does he play? I think at some point he will. That's my prediction. He'll be a. Uh, uh, maybe he'll be like a. There'll be a, a a comeback story or some kind of like he'll play. He'll get a game this year. That he'll kick a goal and people will rally around him. I mean it. I don't know the full details of what it is that he's either done or alleged to have done, and I'm not sure what the like. So obviously, if there's legality involved, or if there's like you know more issues, then no, no, I'm going to stake my entire reputation <laughs> on it. He should party regardless. Anyway, over to you, Sam Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you just had Grant Grant Thomas, Sam Newman, and Mike Sheehan three weeks in a row on my club. Um, I think that. They're in a bit of trouble. No, I don't think that you play John Patton unless he's at a point where there's been proper reconciliation for whatever it is that he's well, done. Well, it's either that, isn't it, or he's cut from he's cut from the list. He exits quietly. Well, he could. And like I I don't wish him any ill no. mental health ramifications for something like that or anyone to lose their job. But Hawthorne aren't at a point where you know, it's not the Luke Hog- Hodge drink driving decision where they're like, mm. no, he's got enough credits in the bank and we're about to play in a final and we need him, our captain, to be playing. This is serious. Yeah. They, they, and they could lose him and they're in a rebuild and it just, you, you could do more damage keeping him if he's. But that said, like, there's a lot of, you know, people playing in the AFL who've had past indiscretion. So maybe, maybe that's not. You know, he's lurking in the background down at Glenferry Oval. On uh, for the field, on field or off field? Off field. Uh, Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell's lurking Sam around Mitchell. like Diego in Othello. <laughs> Is that his name? Is there any chance that Sam Mitchell has actually sent these photos out? <laughs> it's like a sabotage. Like John Patton is the reason that he's like you know being able to say 
Uh, so, uh, you know, I just am really confused about what's going to be going on is he hasn't done them. Right. Sam Mitchell. He's just pulling the strings. Literally. Behind the scenes. Literally pulling the strings. He's going into John Patton's bedroom. He's like taking his pants off and through a series of strings, <laughs> dangling his penis. He's animating his penis. Taking a photo of it, sending it to random people in a bid to discredit Clarko, bring down his reign so that Sam Mitchell can rebuild it in his own fashion. You know what I would love to see is like a kind of thriller, kind of psychological thriller film where it's Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell playing mind games with each yeah, other. It's one totally. of those kind of movies where like it just shifts who has the advantage because I think that would be fascinating. In fact, if we want to open up fan fiction, oh. why don't you write us a thriller starring Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell, a kind of all the right, not all the right moves, but you know, like a, a kind of hate, sort of cat and mouse kind of. Because I love, because Alistair Clarkson has invited the, uh, you know, it's the mouse has invited the cat into the kitchen or yeah. vice versa or and whatever. And it seems like a foolish move, but yeah. maybe this is part of his plan, Will. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's Sam a diabolical battle of wits. Marinating his penis. Yeah. <laughs> using marionette strings on his penis. Alistair Clarkson is doing something with his penis. <laughs> Don't write these scripts. This is awful. <laughs> He's doing puppetry <laughs> with his penis. penis. It's like Sam Mitchell. Goes, Have you ever seen the windsurfer? Look. <laughs> That's a dreaded wristwatch. <laughs> uh, Hawks finish 13th. Hawks finish 16th. 16th. Okay. Uh, next team. Uh, H, there's no teams that start with I, I'm going to say. Um, J. Jersey um, Devils. Uh, no J's, I don't think. The K... No. Kempsey Mudlarks. <laughs> L. Is there a team in the AFL that starts with L? Um, the Little River Band. <laughs> <laughs> the Little River Boys. <laughs> they play the Summer Bay Hawks. I <laughs> uh, don't think there's any L's. Uh, Melbourne Demons. Melbourne is next. Demons. Who, uh, as we alluded to earlier in the show, copped a real bloody pasting in the press for the performance. But I didn't see any of their game. But from what... Uh, I read online, especially from if you follow uh, any Melbourne uh, supporters on social media, they were bloody appalled at what they saw. I'm I'm surprised. Like, it's pre-season. It's Chill. pre-season. Chill the f*** out. It doesn't mean anything. I just think if you've been hurt by Melbourne so often, you're, you're looking jumpy. Yeah, it's like Melbourne is, is relationship with their team is like they're in a relationship with somebody they love but they don't trust. Yeah. And just every time there's a message on their phone that they like, you know, they pick up and they smile at and then put their phone back down. (laughs) Just like, what's going on here? And they've taken them back a few times and they just don't know if they're going to disappoint them again. Let's sort of see. I like to think that Melbourne are actually a really good team and the Bulldogs' performance against them uh, just means that the Bulldogs are incredible. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head any big ins in the offseason. They don't seem to be like overactive or anything like that. I'm looking at their list. It seems to be pretty similar to last Didn't, year. Didn't uh, Proust out? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Can't see him. So that's the, I mean, maybe they're The guy just, who is so content to be the number two ruck. Maybe they're just lacking some laughs around the club because I got the impression that <laughs> he, he was- a real joker. He's a real character. Maybe they've just had a, maybe they've been grappling with their own Melbourne demons. Who's the uh, coach? Uh, it, at least at the moment, it is- um, Old mate from uh, Adelaide, uh, Stuart Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Stuart Goldberg. You got the right initials. Um, uh, his name is- oh, I mean, if it's a particularly- uh, Simon Goodwin. Goodwin. It's ironic is the clue you were going yeah, to give. Yeah, that's what it just dawned on me. It's like, yeah. we have not made enough. I mean, have, surely that's been a headline many times. Bad Lose yeah. by Goodwin. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope so. Uh, and the captain. Uh, is is Max Gorn the captain? Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought Jack Viney would have that, but he's the vice captain. Mm. Um, yeah, looking at that list, I don't see any significant uh, in, in inclusions. But I guess potentially, if everyone has a better year, if Chaka goes up another level, Max Gorn can stay fit. But there's nothing that kind of excites you. There's no X factor, is there? There's no like, ooh. Well, Petrarca, I guess, is their X Factor, but he was already a pre-existing X Factor. And the problem is that now there's a year that, or a pre-season that other clubs have had to sit on Petrarca. Like last year was his breakout season, which is kind of, you know, all well and good. They've still got like, you look at that- Midfield. And you think it could be a really great midfield, but I just feel like there's a few better ones going around. They seem a bit one-paced, a lot of inside grunt. I I don't, I mean, look, I don't want to- Repeat already. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Melbourne fans are like, oh, here we go. But I think I can't see them being a top eight team. Hmm. You said that last year as well. Mm. I am yet to be convinced. Oh, 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 Have we summoned like an actual demon? demon. (laughs) This is so ominous. The lights in this room have just started flashing. Like there's a poltergeist in here. We're now in virtual darkness. Yeah, well, we, I'm going to have to get up and actually adjust the dimmer. Adjust the dimmer, exactly. All right, well, let's take a little break. So, Will, uh, before the break, we were talking about the Melbourne Demons, uh, coached by Simon Goodwin, captained by Max Gorn, and we were not overly excited. Where do you think they finished this year? Fuck it. Why not? Double or nothing. Ninth. That would hurt. But not. But that seems appropriate, right? In terms of, I feel there's a lot of pessimism from Melbourne fans at the moment. And that would just, if they just miss out on percentage, that seems, yeah, that seems appropriate. Yeah. I don't think they're a top eight side. Who's next on the list? Oh, Melbourne. North Melbourne. Correct. Uh, The North Melbourne Kangaroos, their coach, which was the one that I was worried that I might not be able to name, but I think it's David Noble. Correct. And their captain is... Jack Zebel still. Jack Zebel is still the captain. Robbie Tarrant is the vice captain. Uh, yeah, so as we touched on earlier, they just had a pretty – they've had a pretty – in fact, wasn't – I had to do another podcast wheel called My Club and uh, had Josh Earl talking on his on talking about his beloved kangaroos. I had Josh Earl on my podcast, Philosophy. I had him on first. Yeah. Or you had him on – is this his second time on Philosophy? No, it's his first time. I had him first. You had him first. <laughs> you warmed him up. You fluffed That's him disgusting. up. Disgusting. We're gross. <laughs> Uh, but he is very pessimistic. Like I was sort of, you know, talking up the shin bonus spirit and, you know, they overcome adversity and he's like, no, he feels like there is more pain to come. There's more pain to come. They'll finish second last, I believe. I think Adelaide will finish last and I think the North Melbourne will finish second to last. Um, I'm going to say they finish last. Don't like saying that. I hope that there's going to be some optimism. At mm. North Melbourne, there would just be a few shoots during the season. Taron Thomas get... is coming along nicely. Yeah, I, I just think that like it's going to have a bit of mighty ducks about it at North Melbourne this season. It's the perfect. It's the they are perfectly poised for a real shin bonus story. You know, what would be great would be Aiden Boner. 
come good. Like top 10 draft pick mm. in that same draft as all those other guns. Didn't get a game at GWS because they were too strong. Exciting player. Imagine if he could establish himself. That would be, that's my wish. If they could just have a massive boner year. The big boner. Yeah. The ultimate shin boner. Like, I mean, if there was literally a guy called Boner who was the ultimate shin boner, he puts the boner in shin boner. If he does have like a standout year, how many sportsman's nights (laughs) will contain humor just like that? You know what he does not want to get though? What? Shin splints. (laughs) Because you don't want that to be the headline. Um, I was thinking about it on the drive over that Ben Brown is not there anymore and that no. seems weird to me. Where's Ben Brown? Melbourne. Oh. Injured though. Yeah. Not a great start to his new club. But I was thinking about Ben Brown in a Melbourne jumper and I'm like, that doesn't look right. He suited North Melbourne. I always think of him as like, you know, the he's like a Kingswood. He's like the Holden Kingswood of the AFL. Just old-fashioned kind of big hair, big bloke footballer and doesn't look good in the Volvo red and blue. You know what I I think though I, he he would look good in like the Gold Coast. Nah, wrong. No, I think like go full clown. That's what I Character. say. Like lean into the yeah, like comes out with a giant watermelon, smashes it. In, so at the end of every game that they win, he smashes a watermelon in the middle of the Gatorade shower. Yeah. He picks up one of the goalposts. It's a giant cigarette. He begins to smoke it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, All right, I think I'm on board. <laughs> Definitely, we could pitch this to Tony Cochran. Yeah, he he plays footy on Saturdays, but then Sundays you can see him at the Versace Hotel doing like an hour of magic. Um, yeah, I think it's. I, I, I would think- love, by the way, if it was revealed that Ben Brown, in his downtime, had like developed a love of close-up magic and was just making everybody watch his close-up magic. Show. I'd also like it if he went full plastic surgery, like yeah. Carrot Top did. He got well, he's already buff, but he just yeah. gets the full kind of like Bride of Wildenstein. Uh, plastic surgery you know he, like he, he's just got a whole new look uh, he looks like he's a lot of he- lost a heap of weight hasn't been in the gym he's been at the plastic surgeon and uh, his hands are magnificent mostly doing card tricks yeah. at the moment but great hands uh, yeah okay so North Melbourne second last and last is our prediction next club the orange people yeah uh, the Oompa Loompas <laughs> the orange Oompa Loompas of Wonka Town <laughs> Struggling for a ruckman. That's what I found with the Olympus. <laughs> Not for a club song, though. They've got no. so many. Best song. Even better than Big Big Sound. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> when the like, Olympus win a game. <laughs> they get in a circle and it's like, Oompa, 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 Okay. Um, coach. Oh, no. We haven't got, even got the team yet. Uh, okay. So. W- the, the Orange Organics. The Perth. The. Wildcats. Perth Wildcats. The. Uh, R P uh, Q Q L M N O P Q Stay in P's. Oh P. Um Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. One of your favourite clubs. You talk them up a lot. I like yeah. them too. Um I like them especially after talking to Ben Baker on my podcast. My club. <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> Uh, ben Baker is a, a photographer who's lived in New York for the last 20 years. He's taken photos of very uh, famous and influential people, including the last four presidents of the United States. Yeah. Uh, I've never spoken to a more passionate like supporter. He was incredible. And he talks like Patrick Smith writes. Like, you know, he takes you to a place and creates the mood and sets the scene. It's an enthralling listen. You should listen to my other podcast, My Club, with Ben Baker. Well, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and he probably spoke about 12,000 words in that interview. So that's like 12 photos. 
Uh, okay, that's the coach. Oh, do we name the coach? Oh, so is. hang on. So uh, Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Ken Hinkley is the coach, yeah. and the captain. This I would not have picked. This is Travis Boak. No, the captain is. Justin Westhoff. No, he likes to uh, uh, perform with his abstinence-following brothers. Uh, he likes to perform with his abstinence-following brothers. Um, no. He likes to play music with his abstinence. Uh, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, Tom Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. Oh, the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Really? I did not realise that... Tom Jonas is was still person. playing football. <laughs> Will, what does Tom Jonas look like? No idea. I've absolutely. We, look, we Brown like, hair. We like to do this every now and then. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look up a photo of Tom Jonas. Okay. I know what Tom Jones looks like. <laughs> Not the same. Um, okay. Tom Jonas. If I had to picture Tom Jonas, okay, I would haircut. say that he has brown hair. Wrong. Blonde. <laughs> that he is. Facial hair. Uh, he, no, he no. has no facial hair, um, and he, he looks like Alex Keith. He looks yes, kind of like Alex. He Keith. does, one hundred percent. Tom Jones. I'm st- yeah. I was starting to get a picture. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. Tom Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so he's the Port Adelaide captain. It's do or die for Port Adelaide. They've been thereabouts. They play an exciting brand of footy. Ken Hinckley last year. So we want to win a grand final. It's their time to shine. Now that Brisbane maybe are a bit wobbly, I think of the interstate teams, Port Adelaide. They've beaten Richmond before. I think they could. I'm not going to say they're going to win the flag, but they're going to finish top top four. Oh, yeah. That was a very big run up, very like <laughs> whooshy answer. They're going to finish they somewhere in the top. I eight. would think <laughs> with Brisbane out of the way and their player profile and Ken Hinckley's high expectations, I would say they're going to towards the top of the ladder. <laughs> I'm going to say they play in the grand final. I would not hate that. Um, I think they're probably a top four side, yes. I My optimism for Port Adelaide is in no way diminished after their previous season. I thought they were magnificent. And they, those young players- So that exciting. Are just, you know, if they all get better, Port Adelaide are going to be a very hard team to beat. Uh, so, what do you do? You want to do? You want to be more bold than my prediction, or you're more about- bold than a grand final appearance? Yeah. Um. I, I, who do I actually think is going to play in the grand final? Okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm happy to say that they, I I could no see pressure th- Port Adelaide. I could see them playing a grand final. Anything less than playing in a grand final <laughs> will be a major disappointment. Very quiet over the preseason, but that might also be because they're Port Adelaide and we don't hear anything about them. But there's no nothing bad has come out. No, well, I don't think, like, they, I think they would have been very happy. I mean, disappointed at the sort of final hurdle about how it went, but I think that they... I think they've been thereabouts enough that they've had enough experience. The only issue about them playing a grand final is they haven't been there for a long time and that they might be overawed. If they had played and lost in a grand final in the last four years, I would say they're premiership favourites. I think that they are definitely top four, possibly top two, yes. Next team. Uh, so Port Adelaide, then it's uh, St Kilda. The Sydney Swans, no. Uh, there's another P after P, no. Ah, uh, the Radelaide. <laughs> uh, after P. Oh my God, Will they? <laughs> like probably the biggest club going around right now. Oh Richmond, yeah. 
Oh, QRS. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that does make sense. <laughs> oh, the traditional QRS. Yeah, right. I assumed is QJTOQRS. <laughs> you said Q twice. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have concussion. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so the Richmond Football Club. Okay. The Richmond Tigers. Uh, their captain is a Trent Cochin and their coach is the embattled... Damien Hardwick. And just to make it interesting, uh, who's their vice captain? Their vice captain is um, Jack Rewalt. Jack Rewalt. Uh, still the team to beat, in my opinion. They looked nowhere near done at the end of uh, last year, I thought. I just think, too, that they have a Wayne Carey-type figure in Dustin Martin. And just like, you can, as long as you go to him, you're 40% better than any, any other I, team. But that is it. Like, to me, that he is the difference. Like, and that's why I don't think Geelong are going to panic because I think Geelong just understand it. Maybe even Geelong understand it better than most other clubs because they had one. They had a Gary Ablett. There are players that come along that you would actually be making a mistake to think, how can we remodel our entire game based on the idea that we can somehow... Dustin Martin is just... Yeah, Rory Lobb comes across. You right. don't start <laughs> shuffling the magnets around. It's, Dustin is Dustin. Yeah. So a lot of it's going to depend on what Dustin's appetite for doing it again come September. Let's assume that Richmond make it. If Dustin's fit and firing, of course, they can win the entire fucking thing again because he will just win it for them. Like Richmond is dead and buried, right? Nothing possibly could happen this year. It's Dustin now. Yeah. It's We've got Dustin-y. it's gone from Richmond Richmondy to Dustin. This it's is bloody Dustin. Yeah, a four peat is there. Is it a four peat? Yeah. It's a well, four Four premierships, right? They, they Hang on, missed. they've won. Oh, yeah, it's it a wasn't three, four it's in a, three a row. Peak. Yeah, four but, of the last five. Yeah, um, I reckon they'll win it again. Um, I think this Damien Hardwick kind of pressure, and if he stays in the paper, I think that will galvanise uh, the team. I think it will yeah, particularly- they, they've got a bit of backs against the wall about hundred percent. But also like Dusty's best mates with Damien Hardwick, and if I feel like if he feels like Hardwick's copying it, he's going to go into bat for his mate. Yeah, we've got to hope against hope just for the sake of the competition. That they have there's a falling out. Terrible ramifications. <laughs> Sam Mitchell like every, gets out his we've camera got to get phone. Sam <laughs> sending pics to <laughs> Over every the a, at the next AFL uh, coaches <laughs> association meeting. They're like, "Has have you guys been receiving <laughs> dick pics from Sam Mitchell where he animates it with a couple of bits of strings?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idiot, he shot it in front of a mirror. We could see him. <laughs> What's he trying to do? I don't know. Um, if Richmond came apart in that sense of there was lines between, you know, Dustin Martin and Trenton Cochin because the Cochins had sided with Mrs. Hardwick and, you know, like, you know, Dusty's on. Like, like I don't wish that on anybody because they're actually human beings. And, of course, you don't wish that sort of pain on anybody in their relationships. But just in a... Purely, if you were talking about how do we beat Richmond, the best way to beat Richmond this year is that Richmond beats itself. Yeah. That something happens internally that because they are still going to be, yes. I mean, I think Richmond might have one of those seasons where they finish, you know, in say the bottom half of the top eight Mm. and still win the whole thing. Because I think they're at that point now where it's like, let's just get there. Yeah, they could idle. And then once we're there, we'll. You know, we'll get it all working. I mean, people talked about Geelong last year being the last ride, but I reckon this could be more equivalent to the last ride in the yeah. sense that they're so stacked with talent. 
They're so stacked with experience now, so stacked with confidence that even if they have some getting kicked out of a strip club and buying a kebab at three in the morning incidents happening, they're they're, they're too well-drilled and they're too professional. They've been there before. In fact, that last year should have derailed them. It feels a lot like um, we both watched The Last Dance, the Michael, you know, the yeah. Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan documentary. And, you know, there was that thing that Phil Jackson had where he just like let Dennis Rodman go to yeah, Vegas. I think that Let Sydney stack go to Jupiter right. Kebabs, whatever it was called. <laughs> fence into quarantine. Yeah. Um, uh, they win the flag for me. I don't think they're going to win again. Mm. I think something's going to happen. So you think Port's going to win because you said they're going to play in the grand final? No, I, I didn't, bet then you I didn't say necessarily that Richmond will play in the grand oh, final. Oh, you think you're saving? Mm, I'm wondering, will saving till we get to the W's <laughs> to make a prediction? Interesting. Who's next on the list, Will? Uh, all right. So we've done Richmond. So uh, the St Kilda Football Club. Again, the coached by? Uh, Brett Ratton. And they're captained by um, Jaron Geary. And? Oh. A co-captain situation this year. Pretty and easy to pick the other candidate if you think about the season we had last year. Okay. Who catapulted himself into the equation as an All-Australian and finished in the top four, I think, in the brown line? One of your jacks. Yeah. Jack Steele. <laughs> Jack bloody Steele. Uh, yes. So, Saints, great year. The year we needed, we needed to win a final. I know we beat up a very uh, undermanned and kind of uh, tired Bulldogs outfit, but I think that's the kind of experience we need in the finals. I... I'm never confident, but I like what I see. I'm predicting top four for the Saints this year. Yeah, I reckon the Saints could be top four. I'm going to say that they're bottom half of the top eight, but I think they definitely, like, they're in the sort of fifth or sixth, maybe they, like, fourth. Not playing finals would be a disaster. No, they'll win a final. They feel like, to me, that they will at least win a final. Whether they can win that next final will be the interesting thing about how the Saints developed to me. Yeah, I think, I mean, our issue at the moment is injuries. Like, we probably second only the GWS in terms of who we have out. But, you know, I think that once you sort of step up into the big leagues, you can't use injuries as an excuse. Otherwise, Richmond could have done that last year. They didn't have, like, half their best team for the first 10 games. They just scrapped and held in and there was no blowouts. I think we've got a very hard, I think it's rounds three, four, and five, where we play three of the top four teams, like Port Adelaide, Richmond, and, and someone else. And so I think that by round six, we'll get an idea of where the Saints are at. But I think there's no reason we couldn't. Our defense is suspect. That's the one thing I'll say is we don't... James Frawley being injured, he was playing amazingly, apparently, in the preseason. He's burning up the track wheel. He's training the house down. Fittest he's ever been. Is that right? Remodeled his body. Flying? Flying. He was flying. Okay. Um, But that's gone to shit. He's out for three months now. And so... We're a little vulnerable in areas, but I think it's going to come down to can we hang in and snatch a couple of those big games early on? Yeah, I'm optimistic about the Saints. Like, you know, injuries, yeah, early are an issue and you just don't want to get away to a bad start and then have to... But no, I'm very optimistic that they'll be able to back up. Their form this last year, you felt like there was still improvement in them. 100%. Max King gets another year, kicked 20 goals last year. and He looks better now. Jack Higgins is now in the forward line. So you've got a forward line that consists of Dan Butler, Jack Higgins, Jade Gresham, Jack Billings, Jack Loney. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but they're all very capable forwards who can run through the midfield. Higgins is interesting because he's kind of like a stringer in a way where it's like, you know, can be a match winner or whatever, but you never quite know if he's going to hang in there for a whole game or if he's going to put a consistent season together. Do you together. think that Max King would be willing to change his name to Jack King? Yeah. 
just for the sake of it, you know, like as a real, like if the club came to him and just said, we, well, we're, like, we're, we're, we're doing a whole marketing campaign based on a deck of cards. Right. <laughs> we want you to be the Jack King. <laughs> Over there, that's the queen. What's the other one? Queen, queen. What's the other fucking picture card? Joker. No, there's, there's K- the ja- ace. Ja- oh no, hang on. There's the Jack ace, king. king. No, what the queen. Cards Jack. <laughs> there's a queen, king. Yeah. Jack and An ace. Isn't there four? Yes. That you just no, but the ace doesn't count. Why doesn't the they're ace all count? wearing like fancy robes and shit? There's four of them, aren't there? No, the Joker. No, isn't there four fancy clothes wearing... No, there's not, because it goes 10, 11. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, there's the king. Uh, so the I, I'd like to announce I'm entering myself in the, uh, the Australian poker tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mumbling to myself Charlie, with my glasses on. Like, Where's the other fucking pitch card? <laughs> uh, Mr. Clawson, are you going to make your bet? Just hang on, give me one sec. Fucking this queen. Under my breath. King, queen, ace. <laughs> Jack. We can we can hear you. We, you're not meant to tell us what cards are. All right, just shut up. King, queen, jack, ace. I got two of them. <laughs> I fold. I fold. I fold. Um, all right. So that's my prediction for the Saints, and you seem to think that anything could happen, which is good news yes. for us. Sydney Swans. Uh, okay. So the coach is John the Horse Longmire. Yep. The Called captain. horse because. Uh, because he's half man, half horse, and <laughs> he's a minotaur. He's a minotaur. <laughs> no, what are the other? What are the, that's a half bull, half man. What are the ones oh. with the horse body, but the man oh, uh, upper half? Cent- centaur. Centaur is a centaur. Yeah, it was more a centaur, centaur half forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to play well, otherwise you end up at centaur link. <laughs> I mean, coach well. Uh, it's good uh, to have an informative football podcast, back, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, so the, uh, John the Horse Longmire and the captain would be, I- I'm assuming, is oh, Josh Kennedy? That's the obvious choice, but it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a dude that would make sense, but he's, a, he's, a, it's an, he's one of their names that's not Isaac, um, whatever his name is. Um, is it... Oh, Adam Spencer's fucking spewing. Dane Rampy. Right Dane Rampy is is the uh, is the captain. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting choice. Dane Rampy. Um, who's the vice captain? I can't see it here. Oh no, it's co-captain with Josh Kennedy. There okay, that makes right. sense. Uh, Swan News. Yeah, I didn't really take much note of them last year, uh, which is apparent from. But the he text seems we like that's not not going well. Well, isn't it? I don't know. I thought he's the fittest he's ever been. He's training the house down. He was flying, but I think he had an in-flight accident. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think his flight uh, takeoff has been delayed by injury. They got Tom Hickey, so that'll make a difference. <laughs> it feels like um, uh, what's the kid? The you know who's the North the North Melbourne son? What's his name? The the jet uh, player. Um, um, oh my god. Oh. Callum Sinclair, no. No. Uh, Blakey? Blakey, yeah. He, he looks pretty good. Like, I don't know, maybe they've got a few good young players and Sydney are always one of those teams that you can't completely discount. But I would just imagine that they're sort of mid, mid-table. mid Mid-table, but I can't see them making the finals. I'll say 14th. I would say somewhere, yeah, somewhere in between sort of, yeah, 11th, 12th to 
four eighths, fifth eighths. Um, yeah, there's not. Hmm. It's weird for them to be like for like a non-entity, but uh, rebuild. They're kind of in a rebuild, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay, who is the next team? Oh, so I forgot I was playing this game. Sydney Swans, uh, the Tasmanian Devils, the new AFL franchise, uh, the Tassie Devils, the Tassie Hawks, the Tassie uh, Kangaroos, the um, TU, the VW, the West Coast Eagles. Yes, <laughs> exactly. West Coast Eagles, who are coached by... Uh, John Longmire. <laughs> no. Um, uh, what's his face from North Melbourne? Kelly Stevens. No. Um, uh, has, Anthony, a don- has a donkey. Anthony Weiner. <laughs> has a donkey that he helped injured soldiers across. Uh, a- uh, Adam Simpson. Adam Simpson. And the captain? Uh, oh, Shannon Hearn. No, I would have what? thought that. Luke Shuey. Interesting. Um, that's according to Wikipedia. I don't know if this has yeah, been updated. No, no, I think, you know. Uh, so, West Coast. Fuck, man. I mean, I completely forgot about West Coast. They could be good this year. Yeah, probably. Top four, I reckon. They sort of were unceremoniously bundled out last year mm. against all common wisdom. And they're just good all the time. Jesse Hogan there now? Where's Jesse Hogan? No, he's GWS. GWS. Did he go to GWS? Yeah. Um, did they get any... Who did they get in new? I mean... Um, Kelly, second season will be better. He warmed up towards the end of the, the last season, but you think he'll be um, better again? Well, so I, I guess it's probably easy to think who's on the way out. So Kennedy's probably... Right, you think... But although he had a couple of huge games. And know, there's a young season. bloke that they all like. <laughs> I don't know. Oscar. Yeah, McInerney. No, Oscar. No. Isaac, Oscar. Winner. Oscar winner, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Um, yeah, I reckon... I reckon... Because they can either go a Collingwood way, which is like they're now regressing, but they're just, they seem to, that home ground advantage and the talent they have, I'm going to say top four. I don't know if I've named any teams at sixth or fifth or anything, but I'd say sixth to, six to fourth. I would say, yeah, I, bottom half of the top eight, probably. Uh, and then and finally, the Western, the Footscray Bulldogs. Footscray Western Bulldogs. Uh, the captain is Marcus Bontempelli. Mm hmm. The coach is Luke Beveridge, mm-hmm. and uh, I have decided that I'm sick of like the last few seasons where after 2016, I've really just lowered my expectations about everything that's going to happen. Really? Yeah. Oh, but prior to this season. Prior to this season. No, you were pretty bullish last year. I know, but I quickly became unbullish. <laughs> and so I guess similar to last season, no lessons learned, I'm get, I've am i decided to be bullish about this season. I think, I, you know what? Why not the Bulldogs? Why not the Bulldogs? Could finish anywhere from 10th to 1st, I reckon, the Bulldogs. But they could finish 1st. I think if it I all came together. I that. Uh, I reckon they'll definitely play finals. I mean, what's your weakness, do you think? Uh, lack of height, but I think that this new ruck combination with English and Stefan Martin is going to be good for us. It feels like that's going to work. I just feel like the midfield's re- really great. Yes. Like that we have good forward line depth now that we're starting to sort of find that. I guess probably down back still, maybe a little bit of height, you know, getting muscled by the the bigger teams. I think our, our ideal situation probably is still a year from now where like – 
uh, you know, Jamar has had like a season to like get a run into it and maybe Norton ends up playing center half back because I didn't think that would I, help. I think that's probably the best scenario, but I think we're probably a year away from that. But just say, it'd just be great if you had one of those years where like, you know, everything went right. If everything went right for the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs could win it. I think they could also finish outside the eight. I that My expectations for them are wildly swinging, but I've decided to lean into the optimistic end of it. So fuck it, why not? Why not the Bulldogs? I think, I feel like the Bulldogs have teased the last few years and I sort of, I I fell into preseason last year thinking, well, you know, apart from the GWS final loss, they look pretty good. Yeah. But they do look good. And that, that midfield is so impressive. I think it covers up a lot of cracks. And I think that, well, fuck it. Some teams have dominant forward lines. Some teams have dominant defense. You just have a dominant midfield. You just need to make sure you have more opportunities to score if your forward line isn't up to scratch. I think if Norton can stay fit and, you know, maybe, look, maybe uh, Hegel, Hegel? Yeah. Uh, comes in for a couple of games. Like Max King, prior to doing... Um, uh, prior to getting injured, was going to play a few games for St Kilda. I think that he could do the same thing. Say he plays six games to get a feel for it, and then you can trail Norton in the back line. But for the most part, Norton plays full forward. That'll help Josh Bruce if he can stay fit. So I think, I don't feel like you're going to win the flag, but I reckon you could finish top four. But that's there's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. I think the Bulldogs are definitely one of those teams where it relies on a whole bunch of like magical ingredients coming together. I actually think the Saints and the Bulldogs are probably similarly placed this year where yeah. we could both we when we play well it's top 4 but we can get exposed as well for that running game. Yeah, totally. It's a bit all or nothing. You ca- yeah, you come up against a rich like I watched the one uh preseason game that wasn't St Kilda that I watched was uh Collingwood Richmond and it was Richmond haven't lost a step and Collingwood came hard and we're not doing a lot wrong, but the one thing they did do wrong, punished. And I reckon that's the issue for teams like St Kilda and and the Western Bulldogs is that, you know, we're daring and, you know, we can pull it off, but when we don't, we get really badly opened up going the other way. And that's what, like, I'm hoping this extra depth in the Bulldogs midfield might be good for that. I just feel like that you've got, you know, Bailey, like Bailey Smith and you've got Dunkley who are both pretty hard. Bond and Pelly can do that. Like Trelaw's pretty front running and McRae's a bit the same, but and you've certainly got, you know, Joe Hannison and they've got they've been playing Bailey Dale off the anyway, there's there's a lot to like. Yeah. Like there's so when you look at it, you go, there's a lot to like about this team. If it could all click together, I think the Bulldogs could like really beat up on a lot of teams. But it's all got to work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we finish off with some uh, some questions? I just put something out on Twitter. We've had 20 responses. I don't know if we'll get oh. to all of them, but let's whip to them as fast as we can. Okay. Uh, so Matt writes in uh, asking, do you think that David Noble will put Cunnington on Fife? I mean, it'd be the ultimate two guys, one cup matchup. It'd be amazing. I think they played on each other for a short period last year. Can you imagine just the excitement? In the two guys, one cup listeners, when you see that matchup. Like, yeah. I think fi- it happened last year, to be honest. I seem to remember. Five runs out in Cunnington. Well, they must have played him early because Cunnington barely played for the entire season. Yeah. I think it did happen because I was sent photos. Okay. David says, uh, no, sorry. Fuzzy asks, uh, which clubs are in desperate need of a rebuild? North? North are in their rebuild. Yeah, but. They've, they've knocked down. Well, you know what North did? North didn't get an architect in. 
Oh, no, North are one of those. Um, they burnt down the house for insurance. <laughs> North are one of those um, half-completed jobs. You know, where one one contractor has done the plans and half built the place, and then they've run out of money, and they've had to change over to a new. Like they're, they're, that's what North Melbourne is. So they're definitely in a rebuild. I think that Adelaide are definitely in a rebuild. Adelaide need the Scotty Cam and the team from the block to go over to Adelaide. They should just rebuild the Adelaide think, Football Club. But I think they're ahead in their rebuild. If you're asking who's further behind in the rebuild, I'd say North because they did their fire sale. I yeah. know, but I think that uh, North Melbourne are willing to rebuild with faulty parts and <laughs> no council permission. Yeah, I right. think off yeah. the books. Uh, yeah, a lot of off the books, a lot of cash in hand down at North Melbourne. Uh, Sam asks, the young and up-and-coming Swans list is impressive. Is it? Do we expect weekly pocket profiles to learn about the completely unknown list? Well, yes, yes <laughs> considering we've forgotten most of the people that we... Jake Lloyd? Um, yes. I, I don't... I hope... That, that that person's optimism is uh is well shared. founded. Uh Carolyn asks haircut updates, who's got a new do? What's trending for 2021? That's an obvious answer. The fucking mullet. And I gotta say that Dan Butler has like an awesome 80s mullet. It's a and good it's mullet. Great to see a St. Kilda jumper with a blonde mullet again. It actually it's heartwarming. Yeah, that is an excellent mullet. That mullet will look great part in at the Saints disco after a game. Sinking six schooners, passion on with some babes. Uh, I follow Bailey Smith on Instagram and Bailey Smith has an impressive mullet only made more impressive by the fact that um, he does a lot of topless gear on Instagram. Is he ripped? Oh my fucking God. But with that effect of like his fit body with that mane of fucking hair is like every time it comes up in my Instagram feed as you're flicking through. I just feel a bit weird. You get a bit of a like, Naden boner? I'm, well, you know what I do? I just feel like I shouldn't be following this account. It makes me, <laughs> this, this account makes me feel weird in my if, tummy. If you die unexpectedly and they grab your phone yeah. and they open it up and the last thing they see is you're on Bailey Smith's Instagram account. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions about Collingwood, backs against the wall. Does that mean they're going with the flag? We've already covered that. Yeah. Um, Possibly, but I'm going to say no. Who should be the first AFL player to get a COVID jab to convince the community it's good? Who's the most trusted player in the AFL? Dependable. Like Honest. somebody that everybody would just go, you know. Well, you wouldn't say Ben Cunnington because it's like, well, of no. course he doesn't mind because he's tough. But also COVID could. Who's, who's the Paul Rudd of the AFL? Who's yeah, just who's the most likable? Danger. Betts. Or Eddie Betts. Yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> Uh, ben Cognito, what massive disaster befalls Melbourne this year? They're Melbourne. <laughs> That's the disaster. Ben Brown, while practicing his magic act, accidentally <laughs> saws Max Gordon in half. Uh, the very next question was, what's the disappointing storyline for this year? Uh, Jack Sinclair's Calves uh, says, if each team was a type of biscuit, what would they be? For instance, St Kilda would be Milk Arrowroot, perennially disappointed but much loved by uh, uh, by loyal fans. Well, just give me what the West, what biscuit the Western Bulldogs are. Uh, Sayos. <laughs> Why? Because that's how you bond after training? <laughs> I don't think, no. The Bulldogs are a chocolate royal, like Brian Royal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> chocolate <laughs> Brian Royal. <laughs> they're chocolate. Because they are. They're kind of exciting, but they're, there's no, sometimes there's no substance. Sometimes there's still still fluff on top. They'll fill you up for a bit. But, you know, they're not going to sustain you the whole journey. Yeah, okay. I was thinking more like, you know, sort of your, your Bulldogs, you know, sort of scrappy underdog. But I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I like that. What, will, what, are, what are the Saints? Um, oh, he said milk arrowroot. Yeah, I reckon, what are you saying? Oh, I reckon this new Saints outfit is a bit like, 
You know how there's two kind of ice vovo type biscuits? Yeah. One has marshmallow and raised jam, and the other one's kind of like baked in icing with jam. Yeah. I reckon with the baked in icing. I think we look good. Like to the untrained eye, you might just grab a pack of us off the shelf thinking you're getting a Richmond iced Vovo, but yeah. what you're getting is a team that's aspiring to be an iced Vovo. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> an invitation iced Vovo. Yeah. Um, what will, the, this is from Art Deco at 20. What will the free to air coverage be like without McAvaney calling? Weird. Uh, I think so. He'll leave a massive hole. One of the great all time commentators of any sport. What he'll leave mostly is that he's the guy who. Like, I think the two roles that are most important is that he loves the game. He's the anti-Michael Warner. Like, I would love to see a conversation between Bruce McAvaney and Michael Warner about football. One man who loves it so much and the one man who despises it with his eternal soul. The light and dark. Um, I think that... Um, Who's set to step up? I don't know if they have the person. No, oh, I'm sure they're say. bloody jostling. Oh, I'm sure they're all jostling for it. But you look at all the contenders. Like what Bruce does is he calls it pretty straight, but he calls it with excitement. Like, you know, he like he, he calls it like he loves it. You've got BT who calls it... Like he loves it too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also then gets grumpy with games and hates them and whatever. Like, yeah. I reckon Hutto... <laughs> It probably has that balance of passion and like astute. So, you know, he's an observer of the game. He's not an ex-footballer. He's like a journalist. He's a writer. He's uh, he's, had, he's had a couple of good moments yeah. where he's made like a magic call. Hutto, Jared, Tim Lane in the old days, maybe not anymore. But I think you got to stick to TV. Keep it in Channel 7, free to air comment. For me, I would say Jared Waitley. I would love if like one of the TV networks like just made Jared a massive deal and said, well, come be the new Bruce. They wouldn't because they just know you get Jared. You got fucking Robbo thumping on the door, <laughs> like trying to get into the commentary. Jared would pay them. <laughs> yeah. He said, just do not let Robbo come on this telecast. I was saying to you off air. Uh, so they're putting the first 20 minutes of 360 up as a podcast. I've listened to the first couple episodes. And the first episode <laughs> is. Uh, Mark Robinson railing against Zach Williams, who um, did a high hit on Hunter oh, yeah. Clark in the practice match. And he's like railing against that because concussion's a real issue. And the irony of hearing a dude who sounds like oh. he has concussion. Concussion's a real <laughs> issue for me. That's why I'm so mad. I hit my head every time I fall off my bar stool. <laughs> Um, Andrew says I don't have a question more of a statement no. I don't have a question just please do this segment we have no idea about the club's previous BNF coach and captain oh well we did coach and captain we'll get to BNF at another time uh, Fred says do you think Luke Ryan having a new girlfriend will influence Brennan Cox's form this year this love triangle can't mm. be good for Frio's defensive chemistry I love it Frio gets all Melrose place on us no I would like to think that like that would be definitely an open relationship um, this is a question that happens all the time from Russell. Can two guys one cup set up an AFL Fantasy League? The arguments for players would be epic. Look, if someone wants to set it up in our name, or is am I asking for trouble here? Oh. Like, if, if there's other two guys one cup fans who want to join a Fantasy League and, you know, talk about who they're trading and, you know, share in-jokes and shit, I'm cool with that. I'm cool we're with not that too. We're not going to set it up because I don't know what that is. No, and we've got a lot on our plates. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's this. a podcast where we barely you know, watch the actual games of football. Like putting other things into our our world might be a little complex. Um, Sethiel, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, is Fife the most handsome man in the AFL? Coolest? Yes. I think there's other more handsome. It's definitely more traditionally handsome. He's a bit funny looking. He's, he's only handsome because he's so good at all the other stuff. I think that that makes up a fair bit of it, yes. 
Um, Hammer writes in, who will be the most Ondi club, a.k.a. Richmondy? Is it Melbourne again? GWS? Not GWS. If we had to anoint a successor that isn't Melbourne, that's probably more the question. Collingwood? I kind of feel like this season might be all about Collingwood. I know it's not... Like, the big main headline might be Collingwood destructing. Maybe Carlton, I guess, is the one that's most in the position of teasing that they will like make it into the eight and then might fall at the final hurdle. So I guess Carlton is probably... If I, if, if it wasn't going to be Melbourne, it's probably Carlton. You're overlooking the obvious candidate, Essendon. Essendon are primed to have a bumbling season. Carlton have already been there. That was the early 2000s. Essendon are at that point. Maybe. I don't know if the expectation is that high for Essendon. Maybe not. Um... All right. Sorry, there are more letters. Maybe we'll get to these uh, uh, when we get back together to record this. It's really good fun. Um, footy's back, y'all. Um, <laughs> footy's back, y'all. The rejected <laughs> submission. That's why you didn't get Bruce McAvaney's job. Uh, check out our other podcast. You can do that by going to tofop.com. Uh, Will does one called Willosophy. Who's uh, on this week? On this week, week? Uh, Josh Earl, uh, who I believe was on your podcast, <laughs> my club. Yeah. Uh, previous to appearing on Velocity, uh, but also Marty Sheargold, who is also, is I think Marty Sheargold might also be a North Melbourne supporter. Oh, really? Uh, anyway, he is on uh, Velocity uh, this week as well. By the time you hear this, he'll probably his episode will probably be up. And uh, we're coming up to the 200th episode, and Justin Hamilton is on Fofop uh, the last couple of episodes, so always good when Justin's on that show. Uh, and check out Tofop. There's a new episode out now, which is, I think, maybe The Biggest Horse in Hell, or maybe it's the one we're going to record on the weekend. But uh, I'm loving Tofop at the moment. I think it's helping us being in the same room again. Um, I bring up uh, The Biggest Horse in Hell because James Fosdyke has created possibly my favorite artwork, and I've said that a lot. But it's, it's, it's outstanding. It's right up there. It's like an, a 70s metal album cover. It's fucking cool as shit. It would, na- it would make Nathan Buckley's top five list of James Fosdyke like artwork. artwork. It would make his top five artwork in general. It's that good. Um, so, yeah, we're having fun doing that. And uh, I don't know if you know, but I have a podcast called My Club. It's a summer series of this particular podcast. Uh, and this week's guest is fascinating guy, Ben Baker, Port Adelaide, um, diehard, and just one of the most interesting football fans I've spoken to. So I encourage you all to check that out. But for now... Play on, not 15. Uh, ball. We are two guys, one car.